Well, we want to welcome you to session two. My name is Pastor Mark Thomas, and uh, I'll tell you what, I'm just so thrilled to be able to minister to you students. We consider it a great honor and a great privilege. My wife, Brenda, and I have been in full-time ministry for over 45 years. We've been pastoring in the San Francisco Bay Area for about 41 years. Uh, We've been here since 1982. The name of our church is Heart of the Bay Christian Center. And uh, we're going to share a little bit about our testimony together so you can kind of get a feel for Mark and Brenda Thomas, how we came to California, and how God has been leading us by His Spirit graciously for the last several decades. Praise the Lord. Well, in the New Testament, the New Testament emphasizes the believer. To do what? To live in the Spirit, to walk in the Spirit, to be filled with the Spirit, and to pray in the Spirit. As we said in our last class, we are temples of the Holy Ghost. In 1 Corinthians six nineteen and 20, he says, What know ye not, that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Isn't it good to know that we've been bought with a price? And that we are not our own. We belong to Jesus. We belong to the Father God. And so there's a great benefit of having the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. And we need to learn to draw and to glean and access what those benefits are. You see, from the moment that you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, the Spirit of God came to live inside of you. He doesn't just walk around in us. He lives in us. He lives in us. Say it with me real strong. He lives in me. In John 14, verses 16 and 17, he said, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it doesn't see him, neither knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you, and he shall be in you. There's some things that we must not forget concerning the Holy Spirit. He is a real person. When we refer to the Holy Spirit, we do not refer to Him as it. We refer to Him as Him or He or Himself. And I think one of the things that's very vital and important for all of us to remember is we need to learn to live in an awesome respect for this third person of the Godhead. We need to respect this God who lives on the inside of us. And one of the ways that we respect Him is we recognize Him. That we pay attention to Him. That we commune with Him. That we don't just look at Him as someone that shows up every now and then in our life. But we look at Him as a real person. Recognizing His leadings. Recognizing His voice. And recognizing the witness of the Spirit that He gives to every born again child of God. And then, of course, another thing that's vitally important, not only respecting Him and recognizing Him, but learning to respond to Him. You know, Brother Hagen, many years ago, uh, taught a lesson called How to Train the Human Spirit. And we'll look at that a little bit tonight. But one of the things that he said 
that will develop you and to train your spirit man is to instantly obey the promptings or instantly obey the witness or instantly obey the voice of the Holy Spirit. How many of you know he's always speaking? But we have to have an ear to hear and to pick up what he's saying on the inside of us. And there are so many distractions in this world from television to internet to all these different things that will try to distract us from hearing the voice of the Lord or hearing the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Now I got good news for you. The one who was with humanity for 4,000 years changed places. He came from the outside to the inside. The greater one. The creator of the universe. Almighty God moved inside the born-again, blood-bought child of God. And one of the first things that he will do is he will guide your steps. The one who knows the past, the present, and the future guides you every day. Say it with me. He's guiding me every day. I'm following his steps for my life. You see, the one who has the exact blueprint for your life lives inside of you and he's guiding you. And you know what? There is no limit to the supernatural help that he gives you and I. And there are no limitations in what he will enable you to do. He is the spirit of the living God. He is the spirit of might. He will strengthen you in your race. He will strengthen you in your life and in your ministry and enable you to fulfill the plan of God. There's no limit how well we can hear from God if we develop and train our spirits. Amen. We're not limited by anything. Now look with me in Romans chapter 8. And notice with me in verse 14. And I want you to read that with me, you students and you that are here tonight. Romans 8, 14. Let's go ahead and read. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now notice with me what it does not say. It does not say for as many as are led by their reasoning. Or as many as are led by their bodies. Or as many as are led by, um, you know, things that, that are on the outside. But he says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, who's on the inside, praise God, they are the sons of God. So as a child of God, I'm expecting to be led by the Spirit of God every day of my life. And one way that we position ourselves to be led by the Spirit of God is to acknowledge Him. And it kind of goes back to what we just said, recognize Him. In other words, we do not want to exclude Him from our lives. We want to include Him. Now you'll notice in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5, and we looked at that verse last time, but he says this, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. That's where your faith is. That's where the Spirit of God is. Trust in Him with all of your heart. Not your head. And then lean not to thine own understanding or to your reasoning. In all of your ways. Now, how many ways? We have a lot of ways that we face in life. 
We have a lot of ways that we face during the course of a day, do not, don't we? How many of you had to make some decisions today? Well, you know what? It's a good thing to acknowledge Him in all of your ways. Acknowledge Him. Put Him at the top of every decision. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him. And here's what He's going to do. He's going to direct your paths. And I just want to encourage you, you students. He is going to direct your paths for your next steps. You're doing what God has called you to do right now. You're in class. You're studying. Preparation time is not wasted time. And so understand this, that you're following Him in this step. And then as you follow Him in obedience in every step, your steps will take you right into the perfect plan and the perfect will of God. So led by the Holy Ghost, we find God's plan for our lives. Led by the Holy Ghost, we can walk in health and healing. Led by the Holy Ghost, we can walk in divine prosperity. Led by the Holy Ghost, we can walk in victory. And led by the Holy Ghost, we can walk in the Spirit. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit is God's gift to you. Enabling you to find, fulfill, and to finish the supernatural purpose and assignment that He's placed on your life. And you know, something that's interesting about God's assignments... You know, He may give you one assignment and give another person a different assignment. That's how God moves. That's how God works. And you know, we're not to compare ourselves with someone else's assignment. We're not, trying, we're, we're not trying to fulfill someone else's purpose or trying to fulfill someone else's assignment. No, we find out what our assignment is. We value that assignment. Amen. And then we do it with all of our heart and we do it with all of our might and we rejoice in what God's called us to do. No matter if it seems small, if it seems large, whatever He's placed in your heart to do, do it with all your heart, do it with all your might, be faithful, amen. And you're going to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And then rejoice with what other people are doing. Rejoice in what other assignments that God has given other people and don't compare yourself with them. There's only one you. And you are His masterpiece. And you are one of one. Say it with me, I'm one of one. Amen. So in Proverbs 20 and verse 27, we looked at this last week. It says this, that the spirit of man... We looked at the fact that we are spirit beings. Amen. That we have a soul and we live in a physical body. The very God of peace is sanctifying us. Amen. Spirit, soul, and body. We're being kept, preserved till he comes. But this human spirit, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. One translation says, the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. I like that. Searching all the inward parts of the belly. Amen. So he's on the inside of you. Your spirit and his spirit working together. That is a powerful, powerful combination. Jesus said this, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he's going to guide you into the big things. No, he'll guide you into all the truth for your life. Why? He's not going to speak of himself. 
But whatsoever he, he, he shall hear, that shall he speak. And what will he do? And he will show you things to come. Say it with me. He is showing me things to come. He goes on to say, he shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and will show it unto you. All that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he shall take of mine and he will show it unto you. What a great benefit it is for him to show us things to come. It's good to know what's coming so that we can access grace for what's coming up and that we can be prepared in faith for what is just around the corner. Now, the more sensitive I am and the more sensitive you are to the spirit within, the more we will see what he endeavors to show us. Years ago, um, Brother Hagen, Dad Hagen, was in our church uh, for two weeks. He did a Holy Ghost meeting back in 1995 in our church. And uh, one of the things that he expressed over and over again in these Holy Ghost meeting that we're coming to a time where the spirit of knowing and the spirit of seeing is coming upon the church. Amen. The spirit of knowing, the spirit of seeing, our, our, our ability to know by the Holy Ghost, our ability to see what he's saying, our ability to look into the future is yours and it's mine. The spirit of knowing, I prophesy over you, the spirit of knowing and the spirit of seeing is upon your life. Amen. Glory to God. And that's why it's good to pray that the eyes of your understanding would be flooded with light so that you can see some things about your calling, so that you can see some things about your inheritance. So that you can see some things about this great resurrection power. See them and seize them and walk in them. Say with me, I have the spirit of seeing. And I have the spirit of knowing. Another thing that he said uh, during these Holy Ghost meetings. He said this. What is God up to in these days? What is God up to in these last days? And he would say something to this effect. God's raising up strong local churches that will move with the word of God and the spirit of God. In other words, a word and spirit church. What is a word and spirit church? A word church is a church where the word of God is emphasized and where the word of God is absolutely final authority. And that's the kind of ministry you want. You do not want some sort of name. You do not want some sort of religious church. You don't want to water down the word and things like that. You want a strong word church. But on the other hand, you also want a strong Holy Ghost church. Because it's the Spirit of God and it's the Word of God coming together that causes an almighty explosion of the grace of God and the goodness of God in your community, in your city, in your town, and in your nation. 
And so la brache celebrende capasorenistea. The more yielded you are to the Spirit of God, the more the Spirit of God will have His way in your midst. And when the Spirit of God has His way in your midst, expect Him to move mightily and liberate people with signs and wonders and demonstrations of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I believe it. Thank God for a strong word, church. Thank God for a strong Holy Ghost, church. Hallelujah. I get happy when I think about it. Makes me want to shout, makes me want to dance. I think of that scripture in Corinthians where it says, Now the Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is emancipation from bondage. Amen? And that's what people are looking for. That's what they're going to be looking for in your ministry. That's what they're looking for when they walk through these doors. They're not looking to be entertained. People need the Lord. They have problems and they need answers. And thank God the Word of God has the answer and the Spirit of God has the ability to bring them to pass. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. And so he would emphasize that. The spirit of seeing, the spirit of knowing, it emphasize a word, strong word church and a church that moves of the Holy Ghost. Now, how many of you know that the word of God gives the general instruction that applies to us, amen, and belongs to all of God's people, but the spirit of God will lead us into the specifics about our lives and ministries. Have you found that out? Has anybody ever needed some specific leading from him. Anybody ever got one? Let me encourage you. If you've gotten one before, you can get one again. And again, and again, and again. Amen. And so, thank God, in the word we see instruction, but the Spirit of God will show us what job to take, maybe what house to buy, what city to live in, where to start a ministry, who to marry, who not to marry. All of these things will the Spirit of God lead us into. So to experience total success, we need the Word and the Spirit. The Spirit works with the Word. He always leads us in line with God's Word. And His leading will never, ever violate the instruction of the Word, but will always be in agreement with the Word of God. So for the balance of this time tonight, I want to make a quote from Dad Hagen's book, How to Train the Human Spirit. He said this. He said, your spirit can be educated just as your mind can be educated. Your spirit can be built up in strength and trained just as your body can be built up and trained. So we're all in training, aren't we? The students that we're ministering to, you're in training. But I'm still in training. I'm 72 years old, going to be 73, but I'm still in the school of the Holy Ghost. How many of you know you never graduate from the school of the Spirit? There's so much we don't know. Thank God for what we do now, but there's so much more that He wants us to know. He wants us all to grow and to grow and get stronger and stronger and stronger in the Lord. And we need to be strong in these last days. Can I get a witness? I said we need to be strong in these last days. 
Because outside of these walls, in your village, in your city, all around you, people have been weakened by the spirit of this world. People have been zapped of their strength. People need leaders who are strong. People need leaders who are strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. People need people, people just like you who will spend your life on fire for Him, strengthened daily by Him, and being a blessing to the world around you. Everyone say training. So let me give you the definition of training. It involves a skill or behavior that can be learned or improved through practice and instruction over a period of time. I want to emphasize that over a period of time. Training over a period of time. How many of you know that nothing, not everything happens overnight? Not everything happens in ministry overnight. We're still believing God for some things, praise the Lord, right here in the Bay Area, that we haven't seen yet. Thank God for what we have seen. But we're expecting to see the fullness of what we know and see in our spirits. Amen? Amen. And so we must then train our hearts, train our spirits consistently. There's no shortcuts to God. There's no shortcuts to fulfilling the plan of God. I love how Matthew 7 says it in verse 13 and 14. It says, don't look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for a successful life that can be practiced in your spare time. Don't fall into that stuff, even though crowds of people do. The way to life to God is vigorous and requires total attention. That's Matthew 7, verses 13 through 14. And so there's some spiritual disciplines that need to be a part of our life. Here's some things that I've learned and that I've implemented in training in the realm of the Spirit. You can be built up in strength. Number one, it comes by just simply feeding on God's Word. Like we're doing tonight. It's good to be fed God's Word. It's good to have someone feed you the Word of God, but it's vital that you feed yourself the Word of God. Here's what Jesus said about that. In Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4, He said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but man is going to live by every word that proceeds from the what? From the mouth of God. Jeremiah said it like this. He said in 1516, he said, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy, and what? The rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. So God's word will strengthen you as you feed upon it. Here's what Paul said in Acts chapter 20 and verse 32. He said, and now, brethren, I commend you to God and to what? I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to do what? It's able to build who up? Point to yourself and say, it's able to build me up. It's able to build my spirit up. Does your spirit need to be built up? 
Well, Paul says, I commend you to the word of his grace. Amen? Which is able to build you up. Now, there's something about getting built up in the word of God. It not only feeds your spirit, but it also enables you to tap into the inheritance that God has got for you. Notice this with me, the progression. The word of grace builds me up and it gives me an inheritance. Oh, hallelujah. Did you know that you have an inheritance? We all have an inheritance that's found in God's word. But we also have an inheritance that is our portion for the fulfillment of the plan and the purpose of God. So his word then is more desirable than your necessary food. It's better than silver and is better than gold. It's sweeter than the honey and the honeycomb. It's forever settled in heaven. It rejoices my heart. It enlightens our eyes. It lights our paths. It warns us, heals us, directs us, us, makes us wiser than our enemies. Nothing is more important than hearing and obeying God's word. So along with feeding on God's word, then make sure that you spend time meditating in the word of God. Amen? We cannot develop spiritual wisdom without meditation. God made this known to Joshua. Moses, he said, my servant is dead. Now, Joshua was was the next in line to fulfill Moses, to walk in his shoes and take the children of Israel on into the promised land. But something that God spoke to Joshua that he needed to do so that he would be able to fulfill what he had placed in his heart to do. In Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8, let's read this together. Ready, read. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. See, a lot of people want success. They want to be prosperous, but they skip the meditation part. Meditating on God's word will help you to observe, to do all that God has called you to do. It'll help you to see by the eyes of your faith what God is saying to you down in your spirit. So he says, don't let it depart out of thy mouth. Live in it, meditate in it day and night. And then you will have good success. Now, I think we need to define what good success is in ministry. You know, a lot of times we see the churches of 10,000 and 15,000 and we rejoice with them. We're, we're glad for their churches. Amen. But, you know, here we are with hundreds. <laughs> and thank God for that. But you see, good success is not in numbers. Good success is not in finances. Thank God for numbers. Thank God for finances. I'm for it. Don't get me wrong. But what good success really is, is for you and I to do the will of God. Whatever the will of God is for your life, do it 
and you are success. Amen. Amen. I believe I'm looking at a whole congregation full of successful people. Glory to God. Dealing wisely. Prospering. And having good success in life. Amen. Amen. And we must never, ever put our ministry above our family. We must never put our church or our ministry above our mate. Here's how God designed life for all of us. Amen. You ready to hear it? Number one, our relationship with God. Number one. If you have a quality relationship with God, and you can put your head down on the pillow at night, and know that everything between you and Him is good, you're a success. Number two, the second priority in life and in ministry is the relationship you have with your mate. The relationship you have with your wife or the relationship you have with your husband. Never, ever put anything before your mate. Amen. And sadly, there's been ministers and ministries throughout the years that have done that. And as a result of that, they've hurt their family. They've hurt their marriage. And oftentimes they end up divorcing and not being together. The divorce rate in the church is sky high. And these things should not be. The divorce rate in ministry is sky high. And all the time, it could be avoided if people would just have the right priority. So what's number one? Number one's God. Number two is what? Your mate. And then number three is your vocation. Whatever he's called you to do, that's not number one. But I've discovered this. When you have your priorities in line, things just work beautifully. When you've got your relationship with God, top shelf and top quality, your relationship with your wife, with your mate, top quality, top shelf, it's amazing how all these other things just fall in place. Amen. I see you nodding tonight. You in agreement with that? Hallelujah. So if you want to be successful, make sure that you have your priorities aligned with the Word of God. In Psalms 1, it says in verses 1 through 3, we're talking about training the human spirit. We're talking about feeding on the Word. We're talking about meditating in the Word. Psalms 1, verses 1 through 3 says this. Let's read together. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight. Everyone shout right there. His what? His delight. In other words, you're happy about it, right? Thy words were found, and I ate them, and they were the joy, and what? The rejoicing of my heart. But his delight is in the law of the Lord or in the word of God. Continue to read. And in his law or word, he meditates day and night. 
And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. His leaf shall not wither and whatsoever he does shall prosper. Now let's just keep that up there. I saw something as I was studying this the other day. Number one, as a result of meditating in the word of God, you are planted. Say it with me, I'm planted. So when you're planted, that means you're not moved. You're not moved. Now there's going to be a million and one things that will try to move you. Anybody ever experienced that? The Apostle Paul said this. He said, none of these things move me. Why? Because he was like a tree. He was planted by the rivers of water. He was drawing his strength from the river of life. He was drawing his strength from the word of God. And when you're planted as a result of having God first place and his word final authority and living in the realm of the spirit, when you are planted, you are not easily moved. Say with me, I shall not be. I shall not be moved. I'm like a tree planted by the water. I shall not be moved. So first thing I saw in that verse, planted, immovable. The second thing I saw is fruitful. He shall be planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. It is the will of God for every one of us to be bearing fruit. We are not to be fruitless. We are to be fruitful. Bearing fruit. Matter of fact, Jesus said, I've ordained you and I've called you that you should go forth and bring forth fruit. Amen. Amen. So, not moved, fruitful, and notice this one, this last one. His leaf shall not wither. What does that mean? That means you will not burn out. You will not get so fatigued and to a point where you're just burning out. No, your leaf will not wither. You'll be fresh. You'll be anointed with fresh oil every day of your life. You'll not burn out, but you'll burn on. And let's read the last part. And whatsoever he does shall prosper or succeed. So if you ever want to do anything great in life, if you ever want to amount to anything in life, take time to meditate in the word of God. And then thirdly, practice the word. Practice the word. Here's what James chapter 1 verse 22 says. It says, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. You know, there's a lot of talkers about the word. There's a lot of rejoicers about the word. But there's not a lot of doers of God's word. So begin then by practicing in every circumstance of life. What does God's word say? And whatever God's word says, I'm going to do it. 
See, the entrance of his word, what does it do? The entrance of his word brings light. And when light comes, what are we responsible for? We're responsible for the light that God shows us. In other words, for whatever he shows us in the word, whatever we have understanding on, we're responsible to live in it. We're responsible to walk in it. We're responsible to do it. Amen? A couple of examples. We know that the Word of God says, don't worry. So don't worry. We know the Word of God says, love one another. So love one another. We know the Word of God says, give. So give. We know the Word of God says, be kind. So be kind. So train yourself and ask yourself concerning anything that comes up in life, what does the Word of God say? Amen? And say it with me. I am a doer. I'm not just a hearer. But I am a doer of the Word of God. And lastly, in closing tonight, we can train, we can develop our human spirit by praying in the Spirit. By praying in the Holy Ghost. In Jude verse 20, it says this. Let's read it together. But you, beloved... Building up yourselves on your most holy faith. How? Praying in the Holy Ghost. Let's just go ahead and do that for about 60 seconds or so. Lift your voice up. Lift your hands up. Just go ahead and pray in the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Glory que celebrande le diste. Va kundrebe celebandaya. Oh, thank you, Father, for the privilege, the ability to pray in the Holy Ghost, to build up ourselves, to build our inner man up, to be able to rise like our edifice higher and higher, praying in the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Oh, thank you, Lord. And so if we want to develop our spirits to be stronger, we'll do better walking in the Spirit, walking by faith, and being led by the Holy Ghost, if we'll pray in the Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2, notice this with me. It says, He who speaks in a tongue, what does he do? He edifies himself. But he who prophesies edifies the church. Amen. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, For no man understandeth him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. And let's go down to verse 4 now. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 4. Read it with me. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself, but he that prophesies edifies the church. That's the verse we were looking for. So the word edify, what does it mean? It means to charge one up like a battery. So when you pray in tongues, you edify, you charge your spirit up like a battery. The Amplified says you rise like an edifice, higher and higher. If we were going to say this in modern language, what this means is you're going to run on high speed. You're going to be filled up. You're going to be built up. You know, I got an idea. Instead of being fed up, with all that's going on in the world. How about this? Why don't we just get filled up? Why don't we just get tanked up? Why don't we just get filled up 
to overflowing and stay that way. Amen? That makes me think of an old sermon a preacher preached, you know, about I'm fired up, not fed up. Filled up. That means you're going to run on high speed. You're going to be filled up, built up, charged up, fired up, and sensitized to the Holy Ghost and alert. You know, it's very true. The more built up you are, the more of a blessing you can be. Not only the more built up you are, the more sensitive your spirit you'll be, but the more built up you are, the more of a blessing you'll be to others around you. Amen? Years ago, I, I, I had this phrase come to me, that built up people build others up. Are there people that need to be built up? Are there people that need a word in season? Are there some folks out there that could use a little building up? Well, part of our mission in life, part of our assignment in life is to stay so filled with the Holy Spirit, so sensitive to the Holy Spirit, that out of our innermost being will flow rivers of living water, will flow rivers of living encouragement, will flow rivers of living strength. I'm telling you, the more built up you are, the more you'll be able to build others up. Anybody in the house want to be a builder of people? We don't want to tear people down. We want to build people up. Amen? And for you ministers that are watching this in different nations, let me just encourage you. When you get in the pulpit, don't bring your problems. Don't get up there behind the pulpit with a, oh, woe is me attitude, even though you may feel like that. I felt like that hundreds of times throughout the decades. But as a leader, you must lift up Jesus and be built up when you get in that pulpit so that you can be a blessing and build others up. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So every time you pray in tongues, you develop, you train, you sensitize, and you fine-tune your spirit. You can get so built up in your spirit that you dominate your body. You can process the plan of God. I mean, of your mind will play tricks on you. <laughs> your mind will tell you you're never going to make it. Your mind will tell you there's no hope for you in God. You're too late. Your mind will tell you there's no answer to your problems. But when you pray in the Spirit, it'll quiet your mind. It'll shut the soul down and shut it up to where you can sense His presence and His leading and His power. So don't listen to the enemy. He may tell you, I got you now, I got you now. No, devil, you ain't got me, I got you. You are under my feet. So when that battle is taking place in your mind, folks, I just want to encourage you, keep praying in tongues. Pray through that. And you'll get through to the other side where you get in the realm of the Spirit. And you'll hear and you'll see and you'll be able to attain what the Spirit of God is saying to you. Amen? Well, that ends uh, session two. Praise the Lord.
We're training the human spirit. We're growing and we're developing in God. Let's all stand to our feet.